What's up? It's Rosillo with the Ryan Rosillo podcast on The Ringer and Spotify. Make sure you're checking us out every Tuesday and every Thursday episodes through an NBA playoff run that is as unpredictable as maybe any that I've ever seen in covering this sport. And also the NFL draft that doesn't have the top headliners at QB, but our guest, I put it up against anybody, the best draft analyst in the business to be joining us almost every week prior to the draft and a little break from all the sports, having fun, telling stories and trying to give out some life advice to the listeners out there that feel like they need it. And by the way, just like sports, I don't always get that stuff right either, but at least it's fun to listen to. Listen and follow the Ryan Rosilla podcast on Spotify. Hey, hey, my Eagle enthusiasts, this is Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Elevated events, majors, and more are coming up, and FanDuel is here to help you line up a win during the PGA Tour season. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more, plus track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years old and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Major edition of Fairway Rolling, the golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, my birdie buddies. You can tell from the enthusiasm in my voice that big things are happening. It is U.S. Open week. It is Father's Day weekend for those of us lucky enough to have Little ones in our lives, or even big ones. Uh, there is only one way we get down, speaking of big ones. That is with the biggest expert on all angles when it comes to your analytics, your wagerings, your DFS, however you would like to allocate a little capital on U.S. Open and all major championships. Of course, I'm talking about Justin Ray, our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard, always along for this fantastic walk a walk not to be spoiled. My friends, the first tee is open. It's a three ball. 
We're throwing a peg in the ground. Let's get this going. Jay Ray, how you feeling, buddy? I'm good. Nice, quiet time. Not a lot of news going on in the world of golf. You know, just just kind of kind of quietly walking into this major championship. Uh, no, I'm terrific. I'm excited for an actual championship to be played, competed for on what's going to be an unbelievable classic setup. Um, all the tension and the stuff in the air is on the side, adds a little bit more spice to it, but this is going to be a great golf tournament. Whether or not live golf was happening or not and all the things that surround that, we've got a ton of storylines on the golf course. It's going to be a great week. There you go. Just like Kepka said, putting a black cloud over this event, Jay Ray. Positive vibes only today. I'm the positive direction. I'm yeah. saying despite oh, all the man. nonsense. Spicy Brooks Kepka. He's spicy. He's I, married. I, He's got a brother on the before, live tour. My, my love for for animosity, Kepka, is very high. Like, well, well you love this week going into a major. Uh, I loved it. I was laughing listening to his press conference. Just, just that's that's he's in he's in proper major championship mode. Well, we we have um, a lot to do in terms of setting this up, but let's go ahead and jump right into Brooks Kepka. What does Spicy Brooks portend? Right? What what version of Brooks Kepka are we going to get, Jay Ray? Yeah, he's the, he's the ultimate current form versus past form at the U.S. Open type compare and contrast guy, right? He hasn't played a ton of good golf this year, um, but you look at what he's done at the U.S. Open. The last four times he's played, he's finished in the top five. The last guy to do that more consecutive U.S. Opens was Ben Hogan. So um, he's the unquestioned alpha in this championship over the last five years or so. Um, leads all players in stroke stain ball striking, stroke stain approach. He's fifth in stroke stain putting in that span. He's done everything brilliantly. He turns his game up to a different level. And it seems like the last, I don't know, half dozen major championships or so, we've walked into it saying, okay, which guy are we going to see? Are we going to see Alpha Brooks, who's out there just, you know, mowing down birdies and, and getting on top of the leaderboard? The guy who's 71 under in majors since the beginning of 2016, 50 shots better than anyone else still. Or are we going to see the guy that we've kind of seen on some of the weekends this year on the PGA Tour? You know, he recently got married, obviously, so he's had a lot of other stuff going on in his life. I don't know about you guys, but when I got married, it was the biggest sense of relief because I didn't have to worry about planning a wedding anymore. I, I, don't, I don't know if there's anything you can glean from that kind of relief, but um, it's, it's the ultimate, you know, like we said, the, the current form versus the guy we've seen at the U.S. Open the last few years. Which guy's going to show up? I'm not too sure. Well, DJ got married and immediately decided he needed money and jumped to the live tour. Brooks got married. I don't know. I mean, House, you have commented for a long time that he just hasn't looked right. He's been injured. This body, for whatever reason, has struggled to recover. He's playing with Scheffler and Cam Smith, which is a pretty big boy group this week. Brooks tends to thrive on the competition and play up. I just don't know what to do with a guy who is sitting at the odds board pretty far down man i mean i brooks kepka is horschel connor's burger dj cam young max homa sung jay all these guys are ahead of brooks it's a u.s open i think you gotta make a protective bet but i would 55 to one yeah you gotta you gotta put something on that just because of, of of the history that jay ray just went through but, you know, you just got to be prepared to say goodbye to that money because there's still to this moment that we sit here, Nate Dog, 
There is no explanation for what happened to him at the Masters. He was mm. well on his way to being right there on the front page of the leaderboard and then four-putted number 12 or whatever it was and, and shot himself on the back nine on Friday right out of the golf tournament, hit eject. And I still, to this minute, you know, moment, haven't had a full explanation as to what happened there. Extraordinarily lackluster PGA Championship as well. So you yeah. tell me, you like who, yeah. who? Who is he? Right, Jay Ray? Right. He doesn't have a top ten in a stroke play event since Phoenix, since the Super Bowl. So I mean, that tells you like how long it's been since he's been a factor in a significant golf tournament. He just hasn't played. He hasn't played a ton of golf this year. His last two starts were the last two majors. No. So, the only thing we could say, if you want to pay, pay, fill the glass half full, is that he got rid of the blonde hair. I mean, you know, the blonde hair might have been the thing. That's yeah. a plus. Yeah, I can't. I can't tell you the last guy to win a major with bleached blonde hair. That's not in the database. But it's not. Um, it's not in the it's database. Not. But then you flip it on the other side, and I got all these different numbers about Brooks Kepka. He is the best strokes gained average at the U.S. Open since 1960 of any player. Like, so I mean, what what do you do with it? What do you do? It's it's which side do you glean a little bit more from? You in in a in a chaotic environment where guys are leaving for other tours and there's stuff going on and maybe he's not as engaged mentally going into a championship. That's one side. And the other side, you're like, what are you talking about? He's Brooks Kepka. He, the, the major championships are where he tunes up his game for. So he's plus 160 to top 20. You say he was yeah, Brooks Kepka. I have, Kepka, I have to wager on him. I, I'm just, yeah. I don't know if I'm just We're conditioned. Gonna. Yeah. We are, all I of us are. Something on. Yeah. It's too good of a value because if he goes out and shoots 65 on Thursday, we're all going to be like, Oh, well, no shit. Like duh. This is yeah. what he does at major championships, but the same vein, it's 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 a total 50-50 coin flip for me in terms of thinking he's going to be a factor. Where can I bet him to fight Alan Shipnuck? <laughs> no, they they, they it's even money. <laughs> their beef is is so much. That's old, old, old beef. I'll tell you offline what, what went down between Shipnuck and and uh, and Kepka, and okay. it, it involves DJ also. That's an old story. Okay. I'll tell you offline. Uh, or and it, or if, if if somebody wants to step up and pay us here, Fairway Roland, to tell the story, I'm always you know if there's a private equity investor listening to this, oh. we, I I am like definitely like the Saudi investor. I can be bought. Fund? No, it can't can't be the Saudis, <laughs> but I definitely can be bought. Um, you know who can't be bought is Justin Ray because God bless him, he has an article up today on uh, PJTour.com, and to his credit, he re he really outlines very nicely like the considerations the that reminds everybody what kind of a demanding test the U.S. Open is, but he leaves all the meat on the bone. He saved it for us, Nate, dog. So, so Jay Ray, walk us through a, a little bit of some of, of the considerations as we size up this card and think about the challenge that the country club presents. Well, I think anytime you get to a U.S. Open, it's just worth refreshing folks on what kind of scoring challenge it is. I know that that's a universal kind of axiom held within golf, but since 2000, the average winning score at the other three majors is double digits under par. It's only four and a half shots under par at the U.S. Open. That's a significant difference. So that just gives you a little bit of an idea of what kind of value you can have on getting up and down, saving pars, not making a bunch of big mistakes. Um, at, I know we talk about every year when we go to the Masters how important approach play is. Really, it's at the, at the most significant championships in golf, the most demanding tests. Approach play is going to extract the most strokes out of the winner. So um, over the last five years at the U.S. Open, we started to get the advanced data. About 45% of the strokes gained by winners in that span have come with approach shots. Their average ranking has been inside the top six for all five of those. All five of those winners were in the top six of strokes gained approach. Compare that to the BGA Tour average in that span, 
and the average ranking for a winner over the last five years is about 12. So it's almost twice as significant when you look at it that way in terms of how approach play can be valued in terms of guys who we're looking at to win the tournament. Um, I think the country club is going to be a really interesting setup. The number one thing that people have taken away walking the course is the amount of blind shots you're going to see. So I think that guys who are really prepared, um, who have done a lot of homework, who are really you know ingrained on, on what kind of places you can hit your tee shots and not be forced to hit some of those blind shots, that's going to be really key. The other thing fans are going to notice right away about the greens are how small they are. These are going to be some of the smallest greens that you've ever seen in major championship play really tight putting service, uh, small putting surfaces. That's going to inherently lead to lower greens and regulation and more guys having to get up and down. So I was, I know I wasn't bullish on Victor Hovland at Southern Hills. He's still last on the PGA tour and strokes gain around the green. I'm, you know, that, that's something that you're going to have to consider. It's taking into account guys in their short game because it's just going to, it's going to be just a factor this week because of the size of the green. So those are some things that are really interesting. I think that uh, driving accuracy, you know, we, we, Typically for the U.S. Open, going into these things, you'll hear a lot of commentators talking about, oh, it's so important to hit the fairways at the U.S. Open. It's so important to hit the fairways. Well, three of the four lowest fairways hit percentages by winners at the U.S. Open have come in the last five years. So that really hasn't been the case. It wasn't the case for Bryson at Wingfoot. Torrey Pines is always very forgiving in terms of not being penalizing with missing the fairways. That was the case for John Ron last year. I think he hit around, I don't have it right in front of me, but about 55% of his fairways, well below the average for a PGA Tour winner. So. Um, I think that this year it may be a little bit more of a factor though. It's going to be a little bit more penalizing if you miss the fairway and have to hit out of this really penalizing deep rough. So those are some interesting things to look forward to. I'm really interested to see what some of these blind shots look like, because um, as a, as a guy who's around an eight, 10 handicapper, I, I think that gives me nightmares to think about, but these guys are so well prepared and they're obviously so skilled that it's just an added fun element and a different type of thing that we don't normally see in major championships. Jay Ray, the guy who has been giving us fits for this entire season is Colin Morikawa. It appears to me that he's got the maybe fourth best ball striking over the last 20 rounds, but he's been, as, as House so eloquently coined, just a guy through most of the meaningful golf that we've watched over the past number of months. Is there any reason to believe that those ball striking numbers of late and his you know the mental fortitude that this guy now has with multiple majors under his belt is going to contribute to something more than him being just a guy this week well if you look at some of his advanced metrics over the last let's say two and a half years since he really became a full-time pga tour player overall he's been the best approach player on tour in that span but since February 1st, he's 16th in strokes gain approach on the PGA Tour. Still really good, but not the otherworldly carrying his game to another level type iron player that he had been in his first two, two and a half years as a professional. So um, he, he typically is able to make up for the other assets of his game, not being as long as the other players, not being the most consistent putter as we know with that iron play that's so much better. Now he's gone from like, outstanding iron player to just really good. And it hasn't been able to mask some of those other deficiencies. He's losing more than half a shot per round uh, around the green and putting during that span as well. And it's kind of led to a guy who, like you said, he hasn't been himself. He's just kind of been another guy out there. So um, that's something he's going to need to rediscover. Um, his proximity numbers last year 
from different buckets of yardage, like 125, 150, 150, 175, a handful of others. First, first, first. He was the best on the PGA Tour from all those ranges. Now he's gone, like I said, from great to just really good, right? He's gone from the best to just above average, and he's not able to make up those shots with his approach play um, that he loses with the other facets of his game that he's been able to for most of his career. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to lean away from him this week just because of that recent form. He doesn't have a really – hasn't contended since he played well uh, that final round group of Roy McIlroy at the Masters. Um, so I'm not really high on Colin this week just because I haven't seen – the type of form that he displayed when he won the open championship and won the PGA two years ago, but um, he's always got that in his bag. And if he rediscovers it, um, that precise iron play that get, that gives him, you know, that kind of generational talent type level. If he finds that in his bag this week, it's going to really come in handy on these really tiny putting scores. So that's the thing um, with Morikawa. And I'm glad you mentioned the masters. We were all over him at the masters. We really liked his um the, the formula and he talked about having found something in his approach to the masters and then even over the course of those four rounds it was apparent that he kind of found something but that to me was like his uh, augusta apprenticeship right like that that's a augusta a uh, national is such a one of one in terms of the the challenge it, it presents and for sure every masters now that he's sort of it's not he hasn't found it but you know he, he's 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 on to something. He has a strategy. It's a developing strategy. I I believe in Morikawa at the Masters, but I feel like we're in the same position with him and and Hovland. This around the greens um, performance is is truly the 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 thing that I think will translate the most uh, significantly here. It's the guys that could get up and down. It's the guys with the magic hands, and it's what we kind of anticipated. We were forecasting possibly that Jordan Spieth might have a great performance at Southern Hills, and then he kind of didn't really have a great performance at Southern Hills, but I think that was um, a tee to green issue more than uh, an around the green issue. My concern yeah. about him at the at, at TCC, and this is me looking for, for your Spieth forecast, is the the, the length. It's just, I'm, I'm worried it's a par 70 that's, that's, you know, by just the sheer raw numbers, shorter than Tory, shorter than some other venue, short, much shorter than Aaron Hills. But that's not the point. The point is it's this elevation. It's these blind shots. It's, it's you know, not having um, a perfect number where you're staring at the pin and feeling it in your hands. Uh, so you're going to have to get up and down. And, and you know, I like speed to get up and down, but I'm worried about him hitting from so far out potentially. Yeah. My, my question for Jordan this week is going to be the driver as it typically is when we come to some of these championships. Um, if you look at the way he's played on the courses that were more demanding off the tee here recently, right? So definitely not Harbor town, not a demanding place off the tee PGA championship. Southern Hills was demanding off the tee Memorial Nearfield village was demanding off the tee. Rough was brutal that week and he struggled both of those tournaments. So his driving numbers have, have Comparative to where they were, they've skyrocketed. They're much better. He's in the top 25 this season on the PGA Tour in strokes gained off the tee. He's added distance. He's much better with the driver than he has been in recent years. But it's still a question when you get to these big events. And looking at him over the last couple of months, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he succeeded this week, per se. But the chief concern I have is with the driver. If he's got the driver he had the first three months of 2022, he has an excellent chance to win this week. If it's the one we've seen the last month or two, I'm a little less bullish on his chances. Who are we overestimating 
Well, we got Fitzpatrick way up high on the odds board because of his Amwin here, right? From a narrative perspective, um, Fitzpatrick kind of has a perfect storm, right? He contended, could have won the PGA Championship. He won the only significant tournament that's been played here over the last 25 years in terms of who these guys and, and possible past history um, when he won the U.S. Amateur here in 2013. Um, I do think, look, he fits that kind of cerebral plotting player that I talked about earlier. And his numbers, strokes gained across the board, have improved in every category compared to last season. He's got a lot of really good things going for him. That was the first time at the PGA Championship that he really truly contended in a major. Um, and he just, he didn't have it on Sunday in the final round. And that's pretty common for a guy in that, in that spot for the first time. I think that, you know, over the last, I don't know, six, seven years, seeing guys like Spieth and Morikawa come out, just absolutely guns blazed at the beginning of a career major, just kind of spoil us a little bit. Um, to see a guy struggle like, like Mito Pereira did in the final round of Southern Hills down the stretch, like, uh, like Fitzpatrick did in that, uh, having that opportunity for the first time, is kind of common, right? It's kind of a more expected thing. I do think, though, that on the board, he's probably pushed up a little bit too high to have him. Like, I'm looking at him right now, and he's tied with more Kawasawa, Torres, and Sam Burns, and I would put him a class below those three players. So, um, yeah, I think he, like I said, it's kind of a perfect storm narrative-wise where he won here in 2013, and people are going to get excited about that pass history and his play uh, at the PGA Championship. But I think he's a little bit too high on the board. Um, the other guy who is – consistently high on the board because he's high in the world ranking, but he kind of is in the phase now where it's, you got to prove it to me in the major championships is Patrick Cantlay. He's yeah. obviously extremely, oh, he's obviously, yeah, talented. Oh, obviously extremely talented, wonderful player. He's got the metrics that, you know, are, are really strong and positive. They're not as good this year as they were last year. His world ranking is still kind of riding high off that great run he had in the playoffs. Um, but he hasn't been a significant factor really in a major championship yet coming down the stretch on the weekend. Poo poo caca. It's terrible. <laughs> until, until he shows it, I think he needs to be lower on that list. A guy like, like for him to be on the odds board, to be higher than Cam Smith, to be higher than yeah. Jordan Speeds, to be higher than Will Zalatoris, who contends every major he plays, like way above Morikawa on the board. I'm looking at that. He doesn't need to be in that spot. So right. then how do you think about Xander, who has more high finishes than just about anybody else here, but has not been able to get over that hump. How do you evaluate him? His underlying statistics this season are better than some of his results. Um, and I think that's a really positive trend for him. Um, I've been bullish on Xander going into this championship all year long, and he's going to be a guy I bet outright to win. Um, played five U.S. Opens, top 10 in all five. The last guy to do that through his first five U.S. Opens to finish in the top 10 each time was a guy named Bobby Jones. So it's been a really Never long time since someone have heard of him. Decent, you know, had a, had a good run there. Um, no, but I mean, he his game, the, the fact that he excels through the bag, he gains strokes, doesn't have a real deficient um, statistic in any of the strokes gain disciplines is a really big positive for me. He is eight, He's really long. He's longer than his – I think his frame belies. Like I think people right. see him walking on the fairway and underestimate how far he can hit the ball. Um, he's been a great putter on really difficult, fast greens. Another thing I like here, there's going to be a lot of uneven lies um, at the country club. And there aren't a ton of golf courses that we play year in, year out where you see that frequently. One of them, Augusta National, Xander's had some really good finishes there. Could have won a couple years ago when Deki Matsuyama won. Um, and in Maui, where Xander's won before, you have a lot more uneven lies than normal. 
I know that's a total birdie fest. It's a very different golf experience, but in terms of those different kind of approach shots where the ball is below or above your feet, um, I think he's really skilled in that, in that regard. So um, look, unbelievable U S open history. Um, I, I'm really high on Xander Shoffley this week to break through and get his first major. Who leads in shots gained rock outcropping for you this week, Jay Ray. But, but like, really, like, if you've got a model that if we just put all these guys head to head on a neutral course, it's going to generate one thing. How, how, tell us without revealing the secret sauce, what are some of the ways that you have to make tweaks around the edges and turn the dials for this specific course? Well, first off, it's difficult to do because we don't have, you know, oceans of history here, right? We don't right. really have. So you've got to take some similar type courses, maybe courses in New England, um, courses that are demanding off the tee with really penalizing rough. Um, you kind of take traits from those types of golf courses and try to piece that together and come up with, you know, in the absence of having, you know, a complete picture of history from this course, you kind of end up with a mosaic of different traits to piece together to try to give you the best answer possible. So um, what we're thinking is that your performance, this is going to be a demanding week off the tee. You're going to be penalized for missing uh, with your driver. Um, I, John Rahm is a great guy to hit your wagon to this week. I know it's a, he's a good guy to have on your roster any week, obviously, but he is by far the best driver of the golf ball on the PGA Tour this year. The difference in strokes gained off the tee between Rahm and number two is the same as the difference between number two and number 10. So that's how much better he's been than everybody else off the tee. I think that's going to be important. And like I said, there's a little bit of an unknown element here, right? Like I'm not, you know, I, I trust what we do analytically going into championships, but this is a difficult one simply because of, there's a lot of different unique traits about this golf course. And it's going to be an interesting, unique look uh, for fans. And, you know, it's a little bit tougher to prognosticate. And house, this might be the biggest circus that we've had in 20 years this week uh, in yeah. terms of just like the mental fortitude that's going to be required to get through the press conversations about the live shit. Not to mention, we know there's a whole second wave of guys who are getting ready to jump soon. And the players who haven't committed have to be thinking about it. I mean, this of, of all weeks, the hardest mental challenge in golf has a whole bunch of other shit that you know, just watching the press conferences today. I mean, we joked about Salty Brooks, but he's got some other things on his mind. There's every other player is being asked about this. I mean, we maybe need to overweight the guys who can just be locked in and 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 focused in ways that some of their peers can't. And isn't Phil the only guy on the press conference schedule who actually played in the event in London? Like Dustin Johnson hasn't talked. I mean, yeah. a lot of those guys aren't, are, I mean, a lot of them aren't, you know, someone you talked to before the, this week anyway, because they're not. You, you don't want to hear from Gooch? <laughs> Bryson did not might, get booed. He moved. might be more interesting. I don't, I don't want to hear from Westwood or Poulter or anybody who's not going to contend. But, yeah, Bryson yeah. did not get booed. He, there was not a lot of applause, but it did not appear that when he was introduced, he was booed. Now it's well, it, it's only Tuesday. Yeah, and and Nate, you you set this up. Um, both of you guys, the, the names that we're talking about and the, the points that you're making, um, it's a really nice segue into what I want to explore a little bit, which is uh, another, you know, we talked about this a little bit with, um, Brendan Porath from the shotgun start, uh, at the beginning of the week, this tournament requires major brain. You, you need to have the brain. And this is why it was so nice that we got out of the way, the guys who 
from my perspective, haven't demonstrated to us the mental fortitude. The talent of Matthew Fitzpatrick, the talent of Patrick Cantlay is undeniable, but neither one of them has showed us major brain. Victor Hovland, another guy, again, his best finish in a major is his 12th place finish when he was an amateur at Pebble Beach. A, A guy who through reps, might eventually get there. So my lean this week is Mm. so heavy on guys that have performed super well in majors and past major winners. And I'm prepared to have you dissuade me from this. But, I mean, we're working with our good buddies over at FanDuel, and we're coming up with combinations. You know, my my favorite specials. My favorite parlay right now is Shane Lowry. Rory McIlroy and Will Zalatoris all to finish in the top 20. And you can get that at near five to one odds. Now I'm playing that in a significant amount. And Jay Ray is here. He didn't know I was going to spring it on him, but you understand the thesis, right? You get where I'm coming from on this. hundred percent. I'm really high on Shane Lowry too. I think that mental fortitude part, he's a guy who, listen, he, he had a, I think it was a four shot lead at Oakmont in 2016, the U S open. He, he showed he had the game. He just got didn't play well that Sunday. Got passed by Dustin Johnson, um, and then winning the Open Championship. And he's a guy he who's playing the best Sunday. golf, playing the best golf of his career, playing the best golf of his career. It's not even close in the top ten in strokes gained approach this season. Since February first, he's third on the PGA Tour in strokes gained total. He's second in strokes gained approach, trailing only Cameron Smith. We know mm. how proficient he is around the greens. He's a great scrambler, great hands. That's going to be key. These tiny punting surfaces, everybody's going to miss greens and regulation. I'm really high on Shane Lowry. I wouldn't mind having a ticket on him to win this week. Um, and Zalatoris, five, eight majors, five top tens. Last guy to do that to start his career was Ernie Els in the major championships. He's the leader in strokes gain total in the majors since the beginning of 2020. I think you could win some money asking people that if they knew that fact. And better than Morikawa, better than Scheffler. It's been Zalatoris has been the most consistent player in majors, and he's just getting started. Um, and then look at what Rory McIlroy just did a week ago. I mean, he looks like a man possessed. Like he's he's carrying the flag, house and, is and taking, taking it from Canada to Massachusetts, putting it in the ground. And he's he's a guy a lot like you know. It seems like Justin Thomas has really embraced this role too, where it seems to be making them better. This yeah, okay, I'm the face of it. I can handle it. Put it on my shoulders. I'm gonna I'm gonna carry this torch and run with it. So. That's the answer to your question, Nate. The, the, yep. These boys are fired up by this. Yeah, it's almost Ryder Cup-ish for them. It's us versus them, as, assemble the Avengers. I mean, Rory dropping it inside or almost inside nine feet from 125 to 150 last week, it's over if he's if his proximity is that close from Listen, that distance. Okay, so Rory entering the Masters dead last on the PGA Tour, proximity 50 to 125 yards. Dead last. The worst player on tour from that range. Sunday in Canada, he led the field. He was inside six feet from that range. That's like, that's like Tiger 2000 wedge play. Like he was off the charts, amazing with his approaches, his short approaches. The thing that is totally oh, playing. Oh, you're the talking last me years. into it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the one thing that's held him back. Really, you know, the putting has been improved since he worked with Faxon. He's the best driver of the golf ball at the U.S. Open of the last five years by far. Man. He's always a good approach player for the most part with his longer irons. It's just been that 50 to 125, 150 around that range. He was absolutely ridiculously good 
in that win at the Canadian Open from that range. So I'm really bullish on it's tough to not. I got dude just won last week with a 62 in the final round. It's tough to yeah, not missing two three footers. Yeah, right. Yeah, it could have been a 60. It very easily could have been a 60. I'm high on him because of that wedge number. I guess. Yeah, and that, let's make the case like he's the last guy to have won an event pre preceding a major and then won the the succeeding major. That was in 2014, and. Our pal Shane Ryan, the golf writer, uh, Golf Digest has his book out of the Ryder Cup. He wondered aloud on Twitter, is this whole thing the thing that lights the flame? And Rory himself said, you know, during COVID, post-COVID, I had a really hard time just connecting to the game. And I feel reconnected. And he's showing us an invigorated version. He, he I mean, the, the pep in his step is unmistakable. I want him when he's on a heater because when he's on a heater, he's uh, unparalleled. This is the version of Rory that I've been begging for potentially. I'll say if, if he shows out this week, (laughs) whoa, we got the top five. The guy who went in 14, win the open, win Firestone, win PGA 30 yards out over his skis on Rory. This is so (laughs) good. Except for this is it. Like this is the guy since 2010. The guy that I've had in my head, and this is why we he gets so much airtime out of me, is this logical successor to Tiger, talent-wise, talent-wise. It's always been Rory McIlroy to me. I don't think anybody else is in his class. Even Brooks, when Brooks was going out and winning majors, he wasn't the kind of guy, Brooks has never been the guy who wants to go win 80 titles. I think Rory is not going to get to 80 titles. He's not going to have 80 wins on, on his resume, but he's got 21 now. And he's, he talks about he himself. Have 40. He, he might have 40. He might have 45. He might, you know, that's right. And he talks about himself as a young man. He's thinking that way. So look, let me have a little piece of invigorated Roy. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I just, I just everybody's want to say in. to the rest <laughs> of the world. <laughs> House has been doing Rory McIlroy shots out of an ice block since Sunday afternoon. Tell me why well, I not. Just, I just I just brought over the fifty to one hundred twenty five yard bottle and opened it up. Yeah, for I you. know, I know. That, I mean, that's just another element to add to the add to the uh, fire. So uh, yeah, I think there there's something to be said about that kind of reinvigoration, that spark, and for him to even mention it. I mean, it's clear. Dude went out and said in his post win interview, "I just asked Greg Norman and wins." And didn't say yeah. Greg's name. Like yeah. it's on his mind, man. He's yeah. thinking about it a lot. It's impossible for it not to be. So yeah, it's he's fired up and it's it's exciting. So let's see, let's see what he does with it this week, man. Well, Nate, you just mentioned uh both of you guys mentioned JT as his as his co-conspirator here. There the J, JT, the you know, the most recent winner uh of a major uh, on yeah. tour. Any reason to think, you know, that his chances at, at this venue? Uh, aren't tip-top shape, tip-top uh, opportunity for him? I mean, aside from playing the week after he won the PGA Championship where he missed the cut, his last four starts are fifth, first, the missed cut, and third. I mean, I really believe that these last few months, him evolving in his career into one of these faces representing and holding the torch for the PGA Tour during this time when it's kind of it's under siege, I think it's made him a better player. I think it's turned him into something different on the golf course. I mean, he's always been, you know, over the last four or five years, one of those consistently great iron players. But I mean, JT's got a gear unlike anybody else to turn a 67 into a 63 or to turn a, 
a 63 into a 61. Like that, that extra, just another level that only a few guys have in professional golf. And, you know, you shouldn't be what the show that they put on at the Canadian open. I mean, there are very few days where Justin Thomas goes out there, does that on a Sunday. It doesn't win. And if not, then we're talking about JT. You know, if he wins the Canadian open, he's coming off the PGA and that, and he's the runaway favorite here. So, you know, I think he's a few shots away from being, you know, on top of the, the betting board here, going into the U S open far and away. Um, I, I think there's no reason to believe he won't contend this week. He's got every club in the bag. His game's clicking on all cylinders. Statistically, fits a, fits the profile. Um, it, it's look the guys though that have won the PGA, the U.S. Open in the same year. Four have won the Career Grand Slam, and the others Brooks Kepka. So it's really difficult to do. Um, I like Rory a little bit more, but I wouldn't be surprised if JT. Could do it. I I hated the finish in Canada for what it's worth. I, I think he needed to win the PGA the way that he did because he was so in his own dome about winning a tournament like that. His Sunday there. He didn't have to think, am I going to win? He just had to go lay something down, and it happened to him, right? This yeah. one on Sunday, I hated the bogeys on 17-18. And it's part of why I love JT, because he's got that little bit of vulnerability. So let me pivot over to another guy who tried to give away the major before JT, which was Scotty Scheffler with the four-putt on 18. Oh, that wasn't giving it away. <laughs> the tournament was over. Yeah. And, and... <laughs> The one man who really looked him in the eyes and did what JT did at the PGA, which was lay down a big Sunday round, get into a playoff with Scheffler and beat him. And that's Sam Burns. So Sam Burns for me is now very much in the conversation. I want to know what you think of Sam. And I want to know what you think of Scotty Scheffler, who, listen, of all the guys in their best form on Sunday, you would have said Scotty wasn't his sharpest, although I thought his Sunday round was a lot better than than uh, some of the earlier rounds. I think Sam Burns is still one of the most underrated players on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Um, we yeah. tend to value guys higher once they flash in the major championship. That's inevitable. But I just think week in, yeah. week out, he's he still, it. he's not talked about in the same way that the other guys in the top 10 of the world ranking are. Now, he's newer to the scene. He's newer to getting into that spot in his career. But this is one of my favorite numbers going into the week. There are three players on the PGA Tour this season who are ranked in the top 20 in both strokes gained approach and strokes gained putting. Sam Burns, Cam Smith, and Max Homa. And I think Max is the surprising name in that combination there. But Sam Burns is equally going to put some people a little bit off guard because I think they know they know he's picked up a handful of wins. They know, I mean, they'll remember what happened to Colonial beating Scotty in the playoff. Yeah. Um, but he consistently from an analytical standpoint for the last 18 months, he's been one of the most consistent best players through the bag on the PGA tour. And I think he's a guy who's going to win a major championship. He's going to be on Ryder cup teams. He's that dude. He is. And he's, I still think right now, like he's a breakthrough, like contend in a major week away from being spoken of in the same breath as like Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay, because that's where he needs to be. That's where he should be with his town. And that's where, you know, I see him in the echelon of players in the game right now. I really like Sam Burns a lot, um, mainly because that that top 20 in both of those statistics, I just think that combination is something that's really significant and uh, bodes well for Sam this week. My, my only concern at all is that point that you just made, which is we need to see him contend and fail. I mean, that, that's, you know, it, it's the, <laughs> with the same way yeah. that I think about in like NBA finals. It's why I have a ticket on the Golden State Warriors 
and not on the Celtics because, you know, not don't tell Bill Simmons, but, you know, when it's it's very close and you're splitting hairs and you have to pick one side or another, I'm always going to choose um, the guys with a little bit of experience. Uh, and in this, you know, I just need Sam Burns to to be right near the, the top on a Sunday and have him feel. Now, I thought that might be the the, the situation um, at the PGA Championship because he, he was definitely sniffing. Yes. He was on the first page of the leaderboard on Sunday, so much so that the two guys that I bet Sunday morning when I woke up to win the PGA Championship were Sam Burns and Justin Thomas. Uh, and, and so You're I caught... just trying to sneak in that you bet on JT. Well, no, 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 no. That's all. That I, was a round I've already said so. I've already he, said it. He's actually pissed at Sam Burns. Is I've, I've already said it, and I'm not really pissed. I like him. I just want him to... to we need to see it. him there. I got to see Major Brain. That's well, all. Yeah, I mean the, the player, the, the players' championship was probably the most relevant there. And really good. Yeah, it, it, Sunday was not really good. Oh, that's right. But, that that's key. That's key. But 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 he did bounce back and win the next week, which was pretty bad fucking ass. Yes. Also, that players' championship it might still be going on in another dimension. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> in some kind of transcendental state somewhere out in space, that tournament's still happening. So. That was such a weird week. Like, I mean, it's it's tough tough to take a. I mean, it's an important tournament, but I think what he did the following start winning is is even more significant. His last two starts, he's been beaten by a combined total of three players. So that's the kind of guy he is. And if he goes out, like if he wins a major, he'll be he'll win the first one by like four. I think. Like he's a guy with that kind of gear and that kind of level of talent. So I'm a big fan of his. I have been for a while. <laughs> What do we do about Max Homa plus 170 to top 20? This is a guy who has been trending up. He is due for a great major result. He he played well at the PGA. I, I just can't. He, he has talked a lot about how mentally he's gotten himself into better shape. I just can't tell if this is the week where he finally steps in and a top 20 bet is super safe or if this is the week where where we overestimate him, he goes absolutely bonkers and throws every club in his bag by Friday afternoon all over Boston. He has three finishes outside the top 20 since January. He he's his last four starts first 13th, 23rd, fifth at the Memorial on a really tough golf course. I mentioned he's one of the three guys is inside the top 20 in strokes game approach and strokes game putting along with Cam Smith and Sam Burns. Um, I think we're at the point now, this is the best golf he's ever played. Analytically speaking, he's improved in every statistic over last year in terms of the strokes gain categories. Mm. Um, I think it's a really solid bet. I mean, he's a guy who's his, his, this is the best golf we've seen from Max Homa yet. Um, What he did at the PGA championship to finally get like a, not that he didn't necessarily contend like a chance to win, but he played really well there finished in the top 15. I think that was important to show that because he had a pretty abysmal major championship record before that week. Um, I think a top 20 bet is pretty safe money. To be perfectly honest with you, the caliber of player he's been over the last six, nine months, um, you don't pick up a handful of wins against fields like they saw at the Wells Fargo when he beat everybody um, without being, you know, a certain level of golfer. And he's just, I think he's a different guy than he was 12, 18 months ago when you start looking at him. Um, we drove right by Scotty Scheffler. Let, let's get into World a little number bit. number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, 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 and Nate mentioned him, but we didn't, we didn't really um, do any kind of a deep dive. Obviously, he has every facet, every element um, that matches up with with this venue and really any venue on planet Earth. Um, the only thing that's a, that's a hesitation 
is what the hell happened on the Friday of the PGA Championship? Uh, that I can't totally explain. And then he goes out in Colonial the next week and nearly wins the thing. Uh, you know, I think that's that's closer to the guy that we think we can expect the rest of the season. Um, Scotty Scheffler, his success in majors, I think it's worth reminding folks, goes beyond that win at the Masters. Since the beginning of 2020, he's 30 under par in the majors, nine shots better than any other player in that span. Really consistent in the big championships, despite what happened at Southern Hills. Um, his approach play is so much better than it was a year ago at this time. I think he's up some 70 spots in strokes game approach from a year ago. That's been the key difference in his game from 2021 to 2022. And he's obviously, he's gone from a guy who was the best player without a win to the best player in the world. Um, I think expect closer to the guy we saw at Colonial, maybe not at Augusta National, but um, there's no reason to think that he won't be a factor on Sunday because um, his numbers are still outstanding through the bag and you know the, the rate of which he's improved and where he's shown out in some big championships. Um, I don't expect a redux of what happened in Southern Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no. But angel hair pasta, Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, look, I, we're, we're still building on uh, the FanDuel site. There are a whole bunch of, of ringer specials. A guy that I um, have had uh, an on-again, off-again relationship, J-Ray, and I'm very much on him again this week. And I'm not just saying that because uh, there was an awesome clip of him doing freestyle rap on his way to the golf course recently. Of course, I'm talking about Tony Finau, um, who he be now. Shout out Chris Vernon. Um, the performance on Sunday paired up with JT and Rory, and there's been some very like over the last, you know, four events, 16 rounds, very positive developments with, with Finau. And I want to slide him into some of my, my combo bets. I want to slide him into some top 20 parlays, uh, maybe even a little more, more aggressive. I, that the only thing with him in terms of betting him to win outright is, is major brain. I don't know if, if, if he's all the way there, 
He's got near major brain. Um, but but w- what do your numbers sort of reflect on on Tony Fino? So he really wasn't himself the back half of 2021 in the beginning of this year because he struggled with a number of different things in his game. Um, that's totally the script has been flipped, right? He's basically back to being the guy he was around the time at um, Riviera last year when Max Homa caught him and beat him on Sunday. Um, last two starts, fourth and second. Only guy that beat him in Mexico was John Rom. John Rom's not not in that field. Tony Finau wins. We're talking about him differently. Only guy that beat him last week was Rory McIlroy. You know, if he's not in the field, we're talking about him differently. Um, I think that the underlying numbers in those weeks just talk about a guy who's had some really balanced performance through the bag, and that bodes well for a U.S. Open. Um, I don't know if he's ready to break through and win um, a major championship, but. Um, I think that he's a pretty, he'd be, he's in that kind of home class of players this week going into the tournament for me, where I feel safe about a top 20. If I'm feeling kind of froggy, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on a top 10 there. Um, I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if he's ready to win, but he's got the statistical profile of a guy. You're not going to see the guy who, you know, dipped out of the top 20 in the world a few months ago. That's not, that's not the guy who's been playing golf uh, in Tony Fino's body here in the last month or so. He's, he's closer to the dude we saw who was on the precipice of winning and then finally broke through and won in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, no, I feel, I feel pretty good about Tony's uh, game at the moment. And statistically speaking, he fits a mold of a guy who could have a pretty successful week in that top 20, top 15 range. Well, I, I want something. This is, a, a, again, one of the ringer specials, one of my favorites uh, on the entire card for all the birdie buddies. And I really mean the betting buddies. You can get any of the following. There's four golfers and only three of them need to finish top 20 to cash a plus 280 ticket, so near three to one odds. And and the four names are Xander, Will Zalatoris, Shane Lowry, and Tony Finau. You just need three of those guys to finish top 20 to cash that ticket. I feel like that's kind of a a, a pretty – we can be bullish about that kind of action, I'm on, right? I'm on that 100%. I told you how much I like Lowry. I told you how much I like Xander and the fact that he hasn't finished outside the top 10 yet in the U.S. Open. Uh, what was the other one? Zalatoris, best strokes game per round in the majors beginning of 2020 and Tony Finau finished fourth and second in his last two tournaments. I think it's pretty solid. I mean, it's, it's tough in the U S open. Cause it's one of the, it's arguably the most unpredictable. and maybe the open championship is a little more unpredictable, but it's an, it's on, it's on the unpredictable half of the four. Um, but I like that bet. I like that bet a lot. Well, that's my question on the unpredictability for you at this point. Is there somebody we're overlooking? Can a random win this event or are you just, torching money if you're betting somebody who's you know 75 to one or or worse well look at the last seven champions or so at the u.s open and they all kind of fit a pretty specific mold like no one since graham mcdowell in 2010 has won the u.s open being ranked outside the top 30 in the owgr i mean that's a pretty significant sample size it's a proper test that evaluates the best player um this is the kind of player who's won recently you go back to DJ in 16, powerful guy, top 10 in the world. Kepka, Kepka, back-to-back, powerful guy, top 10 in the world. Gary Woodland, 25th in the world at that point, was playing the best golf of his life, power guy. Bryson, Rom, the last two. I feel like this is going to be a little bit more of a test of driving accuracy, but I don't want to get sucked into that thought too much because of just what we've seen from USGA setups the last six years or so where power has been more important than accuracy. Um, yeah, I mean, just that recent history of, of in the game, I think, you know, the only, uh, major champion outside the top 50 
since Keegan Bradley was Phil at the PGA championship. So right. um, you go further down the board into like, you know, sub 50 in the world ranking down 75 to one, it can be tougher to find you know, somebody who you think can win um, going down the board now. I mean, but a Horschel, for example, well, yeah, he's so been Billy Horschel wins golf. the Memorial a few weeks ago. But he's 50 yeah, he's playing to fantastic, playing fantastic golf. Another guy I see at 50 to one is Cameron Young, who attended the PGA and absolutely hits the shit out of the golf ball, especially yeah, yeah. off the tee. Um, I think he's somebody who's probably a little bit undervalued there. I see Tommy Fleetwood at 65 to one who had a sneaky good finish at the PGA championship. That's had some really high finishes at the U S open. Um, I think there could be some value there, maybe not to win, but certainly get a good price in top 15, top 10. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough though. I mean, just speaking of those trends, I said, you know, having no U S open winners been outside the top 30 since Brad McDowell, it's, it's tough to go too far down the board and feel like you're not just throwing money. I want to mention uh, a couple names that I know are I- inside uh, the the top thirty and both have good trend lines this year that might be tiny bit uh, under the radar. I'm talking about Song J M and I'm talking about Joaquin Neiman. Um, you know, neither one of those guys have uh, you know a, a top notch major down the stretch Sunday. They're in contention kind of performance. But those are the kinds of names in that class of, you know, in the Neiman's 33 to one and Sungjae is 36 to one. I feel like that there's, there might be a tiny bit of value in that class. What do you think about those two? Yeah. Sungjae is interesting because he's played some of the best golf in his career on the most difficult courses on the PGA tour. Um, not necessarily the major championships, but those courses on the Florida swing, Sungjae's been arguably the best player over the last you know, two, three years on those stretch of golf courses that are really difficult. Um, speaks his, you know, his really good iron play, really proficient iron play. His numbers aren't as good this season as they have been uh, over the last 18 months or so, but um, he certainly has, and he finished tied for second, that, that weird Masters when DJ won, and he and Cam Smith were basically in the record-setting B flight, and then the Masters that's never going to be seen again in terms of how easy it played. Um, yeah, he's, he's interesting. Uh, you know, I don't know necessarily about a major championship win, um, but he's certainly got the level in his game to, you know, find a place where you know his approach play can put him in a lot of great positions to make a bunch of birdies and you know, potentially win you a bunch of daily fantasy points or get you a top ten finish. And Joaquin Neiman, unbelievable week at Riviera. Obviously, um, a guy who, when he gets hot with his driver, is a lot of fun to watch. He can hit a lot of those really unique peeling shots. You know, the, the low flight that are fun to watch. Um, I don't know how he does it with his spine angle like that. I mean, just hurts to even look at sometimes, but third and Morial in his last start. Okay. There has been some chatter about him and the yes, rival tour, which I'm a little bit concerned say. about. Yeah. I um, think he's in the, he's yes. So yeah, a guy who, you know, hasn't necessarily contended in a major fire and maybe has that going on, you know, in the background, I'm probably Sergio going to avoid in him. his ear. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm probably going to avoid Joaquin this week. So for that fact, but had a really good finish on a really tough golf course in Morial a few weeks ago. I, yeah. And I, I remember, um, how well he played, was it Olympia fields? Um, where, you know, I was thinking just of, of us open style of venues. That was a, a couple of years ago in the, um, in the tour playoffs. Yeah. House. I'm really starting to think the guy who's going to win this week, may be like the mentally toughest golfer of the year. Like, I really think this is a, this is about who you believe has it between the ears right now. And it pisses me off that you've got me believing that this competition thing has Rory 
in <laughs> the pole position. I can't believe it. Well, let, let's go ahead and do it. I mean, uh, we, we somehow managed to do the PGA Championship show. We, Jay Ray, in fact, I'll let you ponder. You know we're going to ask you who's going to win this golf tournament. But we, we don't very often get to play who's going to fuck this up yeah. um, with some, some, of the, some of our specials uh, on the FanDuel site. Um, the, at the very top of the board, there's a nice five-way make-the-cut parlay. And it's 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 big boys, it's heavy hitters, it's guys that you've already said that that you love and that that we love. But amongst this group, Jay Ray, who's gonna fuck this up for us? It's it's Tony Finau, Shane Lowry, Will Zalatoris, Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, all to make the cut. You can get that at plus two twenty right now. Who, who who you know we don't we're not putting out a kibosh on anybody. We just want to be practical for all the birdie buddies out there. That's all. Okay, I'm gonna say even though I'm I'm actually pos- I'm bullish on his chances this week. This guy has a really really hot really cold disparity in terms of his really good performances and when he doesn't show up. So the last six starts for this guy, he's either finished in the top six or missed the cut. Will Zalatoris. Yeah, okay, he's gonna be right. my guy. It's who's the putter. Who, okay. No, yeah. The, right. The, and the, the short putter, putts. Yes. With those greens, that being said, he could he could win this week, and I wouldn't yes, be shocked. That's it's exactly that, right. That's it's right. just that there's the biggest amount of volatility there. In that's terms right. Of, okay. High okay. beta player. That's fine. Right. I'm 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 fine. That's an acceptable answer. I mean, we're that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to identify for folks, and there's a way you can hedge off of it. Maybe you know, maybe put him into a head to head if you feel like there's somebody out there um, matchup wise. Okay. Well, I think we 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 need to know. Uh, who is going to win the U.S. Open, the 2022 iteration here, Jay Ray? So I love Nate's point about, you know, talking about how he thinks it's going to be a really difficult mental test, right, in terms of somebody who's really solid between the ears. That's always the case at the U.S. Open, and it's basically on steroids this week with everything else that's going on. We went so long without a player going back-to-back at the U.S. Open. Curtis Strange did it. It was 88-89. One of them was at the Country mm-hmm. Club, and then we saw Brooks Koepka do it. I'm picking John Rahm to go back to back this week simply because of how strong he is between the ears, his confidence, um, how well he's playing. He doesn't lose shots in, in, in silly ways. He's, he's matured as a player. Um, I think he's the most solid bet to win this week. Um, I know after seeing what Rory did last week, I am really bullish on him. The value isn't quite there with him at the top of the board. I don't think, and no players ever in the modern era won the week before on the PGA tour and then won the that kind of you give me 90 years of history in that sense and i'm a little i'm a little wary of picking rory he was close to me but i'm gonna take john Rahm to go back to back second guy we've seen go back to back in the last five years what's wonderful about that too and it fits a theme that we talked about um earlier in the show or or you know who are the guys that might be phased by the circus that's going on he gave one of the most sort of literate contemplative yes. thoughtful answers to that question and it, like the first thing out of his mouth is like bro that ain't golf that's 54 hole shotgun start no cut that ain't, that ain't golf why are you asking me about that 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 jump um he's, lo- <laughs> he's long been one of the best to me one of the best interviews in the sport you know, obviously rory has been that for a very long time justin thomas is getting there really over the last 18 months or so in terms of you really want to hear what the guy has to say from a from a golf perspective John Rahm is right there too. You know, I think he's a really thoughtful guy. Um, I think he cares and and cares about the integrity of the championship. And I think he goes out, has an unbelievable week. 
Um, and and I'll say he beats Xander Shoffley by one shot. Xander gets his sixth straight top ten and gets really close, and we get John Rom going back to back. Uh, and we're not going to do any better than that. Nate Dog, what else do we got? Anything else for us? Let's go have a week. Let's, let's go do have this. A week. God, I'm just golf, so glad. Right? Yeah, let's yeah. put the bullshit aside and let's go see some guys get their ass kicked and let's see the best players in the world compete. Let's all unify over bitching about the course setup, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Everybody. Find our common ground. The one thing all golfers can agree on one week a year. Yeah, when we we'll, get to the US we'll Open, all right? complain about the USGA. <laughs> Except for uh, we're going to be up there possibly shaking hands with the US. So I'm going to be uh, arms around them. That's an organization I can put my arm around and feel and pretty comfortable And I won't dare with. bitch about the USGA because I'm working with them closely all week. You can find my content all week long, usga.com, usopen.com. Um, and I'll be ingrained with the the team broadcast and social media and all that stuff too. So um, going to be a great week, great week working with a great team fired up to be part of that group. Can't wait to see the telecast steal your stats yet again, Jay Ray. <laughs> no, he feeds them the stats when he's in this capacity. So this week they're actually getting them from me. Oh, so, oh God. see, there we go. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's beyond, it's beyond just social media extraction. It's a week for the good guys. It's a week for the good guy. My birdie yes. buddies, my eagle enthusiasts, my par saving pals. It's a week for the good guys. Hopefully we gave you a lot to chew on there. Check out all of the ringer specials at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, you should have the app, but if you need to go online, that's fine too. Look, we will be back Sunday night with the full recap, me and Nate Dog, and maybe there'll be a special guest depending on how special the outcome is. I, I'm anticipating an absolute great one. Everybody, strong ROI, and if you're lucky enough to play over this Father's Day weekend, please, let's hit them straight out there. <laughs>